Like to have everybody's attention for a moment. There's a stat. I don't like bringing up stats, but there's one stat about the Panthers. He's in the world is James Harden better score than Michael Jordan. No, he's a more creative in that. He, Traveling he, is not creative, he Brandon. Does, he does. You know, no matter what the score is, and they've said it themselves, whether they're up 10, down 10, down 20, whatever, they know they can turn it on whenever. Why did you have to bring up the Cowboys in this conversation? <laughs> Lived in Texas for two years and just could not stand to watch Cowboys football. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, listen up, listen up. Welcome to The Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. Alright, and welcome to our special edition of The Rundown. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by my man Rod, uh, Hot Rod Thunderbird uh, in the house. Uh, special new uh, way to bring The Rundown to you in this uh, coronavirus uh, epidemic that's going on. We've been forced out of the, the public locations that we had been in previously, but uh, we've always thought about going to video, and uh, this was a great opportunity for us to do this. Um, and this is a special NFL free agency edition of the rundown. Brandon Blakeney will be on with me later on in the week discussing some of these same topics. But I wanted to get at my man Rod Funderburg first to get uh, some idea of how he feels about some of the things that have been going on. But for starters, what's going on, man? I, I, how have you been? You've been healthy? Been uh, been keeping busy? What's going on, Dez? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit busy, man, but it's difficult due to the that come along with the coronavirus. They want everyone to stay inside, keep the social distancing separation, um, which I think the social distancing definition is something that we will always remember. I know I'll always remember it. But, uh, you know, it's it, there's not a lot been going on in sports except for NFL free agency, just trying to keep up with that stuff. Uh, but other than that, man, just trying to stay free of the coronavirus, trying to stay stronger than the coronavirus. Yeah, man. Keep your hands washed and uh, and everything else. And um, we'll just try to, uh, you know, get through it from here. But like I said, I am excited. New format that will be uh, on, uh, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, our, the Sports Clown Monthly YouTube channel. It'll be on there. And you can see at the bottom there, sponsored by Blue Naples Pizza in Kernersville. They are open for carryout throughout this uh, curbside service as well. 336-993-7707. Give them a call, order your food, tell them the rundown sent you over there. But uh, my man, let's get right into it. Um, the biggest news is uh, the Carolina Panthers releasing Cam Newton after uh, nine seasons with the team. Um, what for starters, do you think that the Panthers will regret cutting Cam Newton? I'll this Cam Newton remains healthy. If Cam Newton comes back a healthy quarterback, uh, the quarterback that we saw in 2015, who was the MVP award winner, uh, MVP of the NFL, they're going to regret this big. I mean, and, you know, Cam is one of those guys who has a chip on his shoulder. You know, no one wants to get hurt. But when you're questioning, you know, health of someone, you know, every football player's health is always going to be in question because you can only start the season out uh, as healthy as you're going to be. But hopefully Cam will be able to start the season and be completely healthy. Uh, Hopefully he'll find a team that will give him a shot. But, I mean, Cam is one of those people that or one of those players that you just can't replace. You know, he, he's not one that you just come by every day. Tom Brady even said it. He said his kids, whenever they play fantasy football, Cam Newton is the first quarterback to so many things. And when you hear somebody like Tom Brady say that about a Cam Newton, you know, you can't help but expect that when Cam Newton is healthy and is ready to play this game, 
trouble for the opponents. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with that. Um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Panthers are going to regret it yet because I, I think what's happened is that uh, when they when they cut Cam for me, it was like okay, now I understand what they're doing because they're primarily they're cleaning the whole roster. Like, I mean, actually, I just saw this morning that there's rumors that they might be trading DJ Moore. Uh, and that he's probably never even going to have a snap with his team in 2020, which was a shock to me because he's on a rookie contract. So I'm thinking all the guys with rookie contracts, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, they're probably okay because they're relatively cheap compared to what they'd have to bring in to replace them uh, on the veteran side. But having said that, people saying that, you know, uh, it's a possibility that he might be on the uh, trading block as well. That along with them cutting Cam made me think, okay, this isn't about – this is David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers. This is his way to basically put his his mark or stamp on this team. And the only way to do that was to basically eliminate everything that had anything to do with the Carolina Panthers regime before he got there, uh, other than Marty Herney is still there at general manager. But even with him, he's in a reduced role. Like he, I, My understanding is he's basically just running the draft. Like He's not dealing with contracts or anything like that. Uh, or many of these decisions that they've had um, all the way from Luke Keekley's retirement uh, to now we've, I mean, you've seen them cut Eric Reed. You've seen them cut Cam Newton. You've seen them uh, do all these things to all the, the, the major players on the, uh, on the team. It just feels like to me that there's just, they're, they are not interested in, in keeping anybody from the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton era and uh, that that's a bit fascinating to me because Cam is, what, 30, 31? And they kept saying they were going to wait for him to see if he was going to be healthy. Turns out, I don't think they were waiting at all. I think they were just trying oh, to get to a point where they had a, someone already signed before they cut him. Well, I don't know if they were waiting for him to get healthy or if it was one of those deals when Coach Rule came in and he said, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Uh, you know, because someone with common sense is not going to let a guy like Cam Newton just go, especially without knowing whether or not he is fully healthy and compete. Now, one of the things that the Panthers did do, which they had enough sense to do it, is they did not cut McCaffrey. Because uh, you cut a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and he's still on the rookie deal as well, then, you know, you're looking to fail. But I can't say that Coach Rule doesn't have a lot to do with these movements. Um, even the defensive coordinator, I think he spent some time with Teddy Bridgewater, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, you know, yeah. they have a relationship. Yeah, they spent a year, they spent uh, a year so, in New Orleans together. Yeah, yeah. So they have a relationship. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I just think that if it's me, I'm going to try and sit there and try and get Cam Newton to give me the best that I can get out of Cam Newton before cutting him. I have to know for sure. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, he did great. Uh, when he took over for um, um, Drew Brees, when Drew Brees got hurt. Uh, but there's less pressure. when You're not the start, starting quarterback. There's not much expectations from you. And you can go win ball games. Uh, not saying that Teddy Bridgewater is going to crack under pressure. But now all the pressure is on Teddy Bridgewater. He, as far as I see, he is the starter in Carolina. There is nobody else behind him. I mean, so now I'll put you on him. So if, it, if Carolina comes out winning, Bridgewater's in great shape. 
If they start losing, whether it's because of the defense, defensive mistakes or drop balls, even things that don't have anything to do with Teddy. Now you're talking about a whole nother set of pressure on Teddy that Teddy has not seen in at least, what, three, four, almost five years since he was a starter for uh, the Vikings before he you know, really ruptured that knee. So, um, you know, nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. But a guy like Cam Newton has been through it. He's been through the injuries. He's been through the ups. He's been through the downs. Guys going in the 2015 NFL MVP. To me, you have to know that a guy like Cam Newton can't give you any more before you just send him down the river. So with Cam, um, we'll stick with Cam here for just a bit. Uh, as of the as of the time of this recording, Cam is still not signed to a team, which is a bit surprising to me until you find out that uh, teams, because of the coronavirus, teams are not allowed to do their own physicals on these players. Um, and with Cam obviously coming off of a catastrophic you know, foot injury, he missed 14 games last year, had shoulder surgery in the offseason beginning of last year. Uh, so there's a lot of injury concerns with uh, teams wanting to you know, sign him. I know New England was sniffing around and, want, and requesting his medical report a week or two ago, but it, it almost feels like Carolina wanted Teddy Bridgewater. They waited until they could get a deal with them because for me, it's like they could have cut Cam a month ago or two months ago. But if they had done that, then they wouldn't have known for sure they had a starter uh, at that position. So when they signed Teddy, not only did they – uh, get the quarterback they wanted all along, but they kind of screwed Cam in the process because they they eliminated his trade value. Like, you know, there, there was no reason for a team to send a fifth or sixth round pick to Carolina when Carolina is, is sending out, you know, Instagram messages and tweets about, you know, it's been a great career for Cam and Carolina and all these other things. Why in the world would any team send any kind of draft picks over to Carolina when Carolina's signaling that they're moving on without Cam one way or the other. All you had to do was basically wait, you know, a week or two and wait for them to cut or get cut, which is exactly what happened. And uh, and at that point, you can go pick him up for a fraction of what you would have had to pay if you had traded Carolina and picked up his $20 million, uh, that was supposed to be this season. So having said that, now that Cam is still a free agent, what do you think would be the best destination for Cam uh, going forward, a lot of the places where he could start have dried up. So where do you think might be the best place for him to land? Before I um, tell you the best place I think it would be for Cam to land, I, you know, I kind of want to mention what you're saying about the Panthers. <laughs> you know, to me, they did kind of kick themselves in the foot because even if Cam is getting halfway back or, or slowly coming back, you don't you know, cut your nose off, spot your face. And what I mean by that is this. Get some video of Cam Newton out there playing better, practicing better, putting weight on that foot, running on that foot. If you're the Carolina Panthers and you're going to get rid of Cam and you want to get some trade value out of this guy, make sure you have some footage that show Cam is the man. Some footage that shows hey, Cam looks like he's at least 90, 85 percent healthy, which means by the time the season starts, Cam could be hundred percent help. If you're the Carolina Panthers, you have to do that in order to get some kind of trade value out of camp. You know, they didn't do that. So whatever reason they didn't do that, you know, to me, it's not smart, but that's the Panthers. You know, it's now, what, what do you call it? Water, water off a duck's back, whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> now, <laughs> so as far, as far as the, as far as where Cam will land at, and believe it or not, something that kind of popped in my head over the weekend 
was um, a place that has been getting quarterbacks for the last few years. And that place that I'm talking about is the same team that Cam lost to uh, the 2015 Bowl. And that was the Broncos. I mean, I don't see why Cam could go up there with Von Miller on the other side of that defense. The Broncos, they just cut Joe Flacco. They you know, did. the Broncos, they have a history of being able to bring in quarterbacks who have been, you know, won Super Bowls, who are free agents, and they can just come in and give the Denver Broncos what they need. To me, if the Denver Broncos pick up Cam Newton, Cam Newton's going to give them a whole nother dynamic that the Broncos have not seen in a, in a long time. And that is a quarterback. And to me, if you put in the Denver Broncos, I mean, that moves the Denver Broncos you know, top two positions of the AFC West, in my opinion, as long as Cam Newton is healthy, of course. I could I could easily see that. Denver would be uh, – you're right, Joe Flacco just got cut uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the the fact that – the fun yep. fact, the rundown fun fact at the bottom of the screen there that many people aren't aware of, Cam Newton's the ninth former number one pick to be released or cut by the team that drafted him over the past 25 seasons. And I went back and looked at some of those names. There's some guys like Jamarcus Russell in there. But there's also guys like Mike Vick that got cut by the Falcons. Uh, Peyton Manning got cut by the Colts. So I mean, this isn't Peyton something Manning. that yeah, yeah, this isn't something that just doesn't happen all the time. Uh, so I don't think Cam should be shocked by this, um, although he appears to be uh, just that online. I, I've got two places, and one of them is going to really interest you because one of them depends on him basically deciding that he's going to have to be a backup quarterback, kind of the RG three route uh, going forward. If he doesn't want to do that and he still considers himself a starter. I think Miami might be a good landing spot for him right now. They've got um, Brian Fitzpatrick at quarterback. They do have some young talent around them in the offense. They've got a high draft pick coming here uh, whenever they decide to do the NFL draft. I'm not sure if they've moved that date yet or not, or if they're just going to do it in front of nobody or teleconference or whatever they're going to end up doing. But uh, Miami's in a position where they could, you know, make some moves and and really, you know, do something with Cam. And the AFC East is going to be wide open with no Tom Brady anymore. Uh, and from what I can see, New England hasn't done squat in free agency. I haven't seen them sign anybody. So um, Miami would be a good pick. My question for you, though, if he decides to go and he looks around, and he says, OK, there's no starting position for me this year because Carolina waited so long to cut me. The first place I thought of if he'd want to go there as a backup would be the place where you're wearing the jersey of right now, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And I, I say that because I'm looking at it thinking, okay, what did we just go through with the Dallas Cowboys? Primarily, they're they're trying to sign Dak Prescott, and, and according to the reports, they've offered him enough to be considered the highest-paid quarterback in the league once he signs per year so it would be eclipsing russell wilson's 35 million per year that he signed last year they have not come to terms with that and they tagged Dak. would it not be straight jerry jones to go and sign cam newton to a one-year deal or a two-year deal actually that would make more sense a two-year deal where the team can have like a, a player option or something after year one you give them i don't know 19 million guaranteed for the season, kind of a prove it year, but he would be the backup to Dak. And by doing that, now you're putting pressure on Dak Prescott and his agent to sign a long-term deal with Dallas, because now you've got Cam Newton sitting behind you in Dallas. And who, if, if given the opportunity, who do you think Jerry Jones would want to have more at quarterback, a 31 year old 
healthy Cam Newton or 24, 25-year-old Dak Prescott that's going to be commanding the highest contract for a quarterback in NFL history. You being a Cowboys fan, which way do you think Jerry Jones would want to go, knowing everything Jerry's about, wanting to sell tickets, fill up Jerry Jerry World, and still have a chance to compete and be special? He'd be bringing in a, a former league MVP that, if the bet was good, could lead them to a Super Bowl appearance. What What do you think? Would he Would he be interested in signing Cam Newton to back up Dak Prescott and put some pressure on Dak's team uh, to come up with a long term deal? So they don't say, you know, hey, well, we got Cam over here on the other side. We can just go sign him. You can go leave. I mean, what, what do you think about that that uh, that option? I think the the cap and the money plays a big figure in that option. You know, who wants to sign a backup quarterback for nineteen million dollars? I mean, a backup nineteen million dollars. I mean, that is a heck of a payday for a backup quarterback. I can see that meaning if that was still on his rookie deal. I definitely see that happening. Um, but, you know, believe it or not, the quarter, the Cowboys are actually back in talks and back in negotiations with Dak Prescott. And I'm in belief that we're going to be able to get a long term deal signed with Dak Prescott fairly soon. I think it's going to happen before May. Uh, I think the long term deal contract signing has got to be done before July the 15th. But I think we'll get something worked out with Dak by May. And to, be honest, to me, Cam Newton probably would be the one who wouldn't take the deal. To me, a healthy Cam Newton says I'm not a backup to anyone. You know, a right. healthy Cam Newton says I'm a starter. I'm going out here to prove that the Panthers shouldn't have never cut me. I'm going out here to prove that, look, football is a contact sport. I did get hurt, but now I'm back healthy. And whoever on me, they're going to come up on the losing end big time. To me, that's Cam Newton's mentality. I think Gary Jones would probably try to finagle some kind of deal like that. Probably wouldn't want to pay Cam $19 million. But like I said, the other side of that coin is I don't see Cam Newton taking that deal. I don't see Cam Newton going anywhere where he is going in knowing or has a, a anything over 60% that he could be the backup quarterback. To me, that's just not Cam Newton's mentality. And as a matter of fact, I would see Cam Newton going to – um, compete with Tyrod Taylor out in San Diego or L.A. Chargers before he would go down to Dallas to try and compete with Dak Prescott, who could still potentially be the highest paid quarterback. You know, because me personally, Tyrod Taylor or Cam Newton with the L.A. Chargers, I'm taking Cam Newton all day, given the fact that he's healthy. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor just hasn't shown me enough. He hasn't shown me the dynamic where he's able to move the ball, run the and things of that nature. He's never been an MVP. He's never been on the same uh, board or the same sheet of paper as Tom Newton. Uh, he hasn't been, you know, the guy who's been able to put a team on his shoulder and then carry him the rest of the way. To me, Cam Newton could go to the L.A. Chargers, compete against a Tyrod Taylor, take Tyrod Taylor out, and go from the East Coast to the West Coast and take a West Coast back to the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. And, uh who knows? I mean, that's why it's so fun. NFL free agency. We, you know, it's always a weight game and, and we see what we're going to get. It's like Forrest Gump said, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> it's all we got right now. Like literally that and uh, WWE <laughs> performing in empty arenas and uh, NASCAR doing these video game simulated races or whatever. That's literally it. Uh, I'm so bored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired of watching uh, I watched uh, it was Villanova against Georgetown, the 85 final 
uh, yesterday, and then I watched some of the Duke. Yeah, Kentucky yeah, which is one games. of the biggest upsets ever in NCAA tournament history. In my it opinion. is. It is. They had, they had lost to Georgetown three times that year, if I'm not mistaken, before that game. I've always said that the, the mm-hmm. 91 UNLV loss to Duke in the Final Four is the biggest upset. That's always been my own personal thing. If not them, then uh, NC State 83 uh, beating Houston in the national championship State, game. Houston. They had, yep. Yeah, they had no yep. business being there. And then I went back and looked at um, yeah, the, yeah. the path they took to get there because there wasn't 64, it wasn't 65 teams or whatever back then. It was like 42 or something. So you had a couple of that large, but right. state had 10 losses. So they had to win the ACC tournament and they beat Michael Jordan's sophomore year at Carolina coming off a national championship in the semifinals. And then they beat Ralph Sampson in Virginia in the ACC finals yep. to get to the NCAA tournament. And then they had two or three close calls there. So just to even be in that game against Houston, just crazy. So I, you know, I hate giving Wolfpack any kind of credit whatsoever, but <laughs> that might be one of the the biggest uh, upsets there. And that might be something we talk about on a future episode of the Rundown, as everybody in the sports world is looking for material. But um, this NFL free agency edition of the Rundown, brought to you by Blue Naples Pizza in Kernersville. Uh, definitely check them out over off the Union Cross Road. They are open. They are serving carryout. Great Stromboli's pizzas, wings, and stuff. Uh, it's one of my go-to spots in Kernersville, so definitely check them out. Um, sticking with the Panthers real quick, uh, I did see they signed uh, Robbie Anderson from the Jets last week, which kind of goes against the idea. People think they're tanking for Trevor, meaning Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback that'll more all with all intents and purposes, probably this, this is last year at Clemson going into his junior year. He's going to probably be the number one pick, barring any injury or barring a bad season. Um, but it's so hard to tank in the NFL because you got 53 guys. You're basically telling them, we need you all to suck so much that we can get a number one pick for next year and, and, and work off of that. We saw that happen last year. Miami, it looked like they were trying to tank the first couple of weeks of the season, this past season, and then they ended up rattling off some wins at the end. They beat New England in New England. Uh, it's just really hard to, t- to tank in NFL without just clearing your whole roster out which it looked like the Panthers were doing. But if you look at their offense, actually, Teddy Bridgewater, at quarterback, uh, Christian McCaffrey at running back. You're going to have Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, at least two of those three at wide receiver. And then you can go and draft like a Thaddeus Moss at tight end from LSU because Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, is from LSU. So he would know the system. And now you've kind of created this really quick strike fast offense that's going to be really hard to defend and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't turn the ball over that's the one thing I did notice with him in New Orleans he does not turn the ball over like he rarely throws interceptions he rarely fumbles what are your what are your thoughts on that because it almost looks like the Panthers are set up to do basically shootouts um, all season long it'll be exciting and fun but uh, a graphic that we put up earlier on I'll, I'll stick it up there again uh, only four Panthers are currently on the roster that played 30% of the Panthers' defensive snaps last year, and that's Brian Burns, who was drafted first round, Shaq Thompson, who just signed a new deal last year, Dante Jackson still on a rookie deal, and Trey Boston, who just signed a new deal with the Panthers last week. They're the only four out of the entire roster that have played at least 30% of the snaps on defense for the Panthers going into this year. So the, the defense has holes all over the place. The offense doesn't look that bad when you look at it on paper. Like, what are your thoughts on, you know, what 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 the hell are the Panthers doing? Because on one end, it looks like they're trying to tank. 
But then on the other end, it looks like they're trying to be competitive. What What are your thoughts on what exactly are the Panthers doing here? Well, I definitely don't think that they're trying to tank. I think they're trying to build the team that Coach Rule wants to have and the team that he wants to see the Panthers develop into. I really think that's what they're trying to build. I just think that this first year coming up is going to be a tough year coming up. Number one, like you said, you have new guys who are playing um, who haven't been around one another. They haven't even been in the Panthers locker room to even be able to jail with the guys who are already there. So anytime you have an issue where guys aren't able to jail and haven't played with one another, that always causes for bumps in the road. So it's going to be bumpy, in my opinion, for the Panthers this coming up fall season. And that is if the coronavirus allows us to even have sports this fall, which I hope that they do. Um, oh. So if the Panthers are going to start moving forward, I think the to move forward uh, next season in Matt Rule's second year. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll be completing for a wild cards playoff spot in his second year. And then maybe, um, you know, winning their division possibly in the third. Coming up, we're able to have sports. I don't see the Panthers really competing uh, the way that fans and as well as the owner would like to see them compete. And that just comes from a standpoint of guys not being able to have that camaraderie, not being able to jail together because it's just their first year playing with one another. So, um, you know, like you said, they can go in the draft, get some guys, uh, get that Thaddeus Moss, get him on a high strike offense. I Great. really want him. Uh, I the want question him is, what, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> hey, really well, want get him. Moss. <laughs> and to me, you know, I don't know. The if question were, is, who's going to run that defense? You know, cause- yeah. I, I don't know if you remember or not, but um, a good friend of ours, Coach Willard over at East for Cypher, reminded me of this. Uh, Thad Moss was the tight end for Mallard Creek back in 2015 when they played East for Cypher here in Kernersville in the state 4AA semifinals. He was a yeah. freshman uh, on that team. He transferred to Charlotte Catholic, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they crossed yeah. paths again a couple years later in the playoffs. But uh, we've seen Thad Moss in this area up close and personal. He's ra- for those who don't know, he's Randy Moss's son. Uh, just he was a starting tight end for Saw him LSU. In NC State too for a minute. Wasn't he? I think he was at NC State for a minute. Then he transferred. He transferred out to LSU. You're right. So yep. um, he he's a Charlotte native. I mean, he went to high school here. Uh, it would be a a great fit. Joe Brady's the offensive coordinator in Carolina. So uh, the former offensive coordinator. Uh, at LSU, and by all accounts, everyone's talking about him like he's going to be the next NFL wonder kid, like um, Sean McVay and and uh, in Los Angeles or uh, any of these young guys that have come up. Everyone's saying Joe Brady's like the next guy that's going to be uh, sought after because I think he's only 25, 26 or something like that, or he's real young. Um, so we, he's in the house. They get that Moss, say, like third round. I'm still holding out hope that top of the second round, the Panthers snag Jalen Hurts. Uh, at, at quarterback and have him sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for the, these couple of years and learn the system, learn what he's going to do or whatnot. Although I've been on record saying, I think the Patriots are going to draft Jalen Hurts at the bottom of the first round. They're not going to go. The Patriots are not going to go into the season with Jared Stidham and whoever the other guy is at quarterback. They're just not like, I don't, I don't see that happening. And Jalen played three years at Alabama. Who's the coach of Alabama, Nick Saban, Who's Nick Saban close with in the NFL and has worked underneath before? Bill Belichick. They uh, they they trade notes with each other on players all the time. You people are fooling themselves if they think Bill Belichick has not called Nick Saban and asked him about Jalen Hurts 
especially after Tom Brady, you know, dipped out of town. And that's going to, I'm going to uh, end it on this question here. Uh, still in the NFC South, but this was more of a Panther themed uh, rundown. But uh, we can't escape the elephant in the room is that there's a, there's a goat now in the NFC South. His name is Tom Brady. He's signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, is Tampa the favorite to win the NFC South? not sure if they're the favorite this first year because again you know i believe in teams being able to jail uh and to jail if they're going to be the favorites this year tom brady's got to put in a lot of work during this offseason with his new receivers and his new ends and all those guys they have to really put in some hard hard work outside of training camps where those guys just get together and really mess with one another you know if, if that's difficult to do or that doesn't happen this particular season here, I think it'll be Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints who will be the favorite. Uh, the following year, I could definitely see Tampa Bay being the favorites to win the NFC South uh, with Tom Brady at quarterback. Uh, but if these guys, you know, if Tom Brady can, can catch on to the scheme pretty quick and the receivers, you know, are taking I mean, it could be. It wouldn't surprise me if the Tampa Bay and the uh, New Orleans Saints are at the top of the NFC South this particular year. It just would not surprise me. It, it amazes me that Tom Tom Brady's 42. I think he's going to turn 43 in August. And Drew Brees is 40. Yep. And he's gonna, I think he's going to turn 41 during the season. And we just are assuming that they're going to be at the top of their divisions with a 43 and a 41-year-old quarterback. It's amazing to me. Um, one of the actually one of the free agent signings that I didn't want to talk about too before we get out of here for the day, uh, Atlanta, uh, the the Los Angeles Rams cut Todd Gurley uh, and Atlanta picked him up. So I saw a graphic that said the Atlanta offense for like for the first time in history they're going to start nine out of their eleven guys are former first round picks. They're going to be starting on offense for Atlanta. Um, you know Julio Jones. Uh, I forgot the kid, uh, Calvin Ridley from Alabama was a first round selection. Of course, Matt Ryan. Now you got Todd Gurley in the backfield, although by all accounts, his knees are shot. So uh, no love for Atlanta uh, with everything. It seems like the it might be the perfect storm for them to kind of sneak up and win the division next year with the Panthers kind of retooling and uh, New Orleans is a little older. And with Tampa, I mean – I guess anything's possible, but I mean, Tampa hasn't been to the playoffs in 10 years and I do like the talent that's well, around the good thing, him. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, the good thing with Tampa is this, this is the good thing. This is the, the silver lining in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. If you look at their record last year, Tampa Bay lost seven games last year where they lost it by one possession. Mm. And their court at the time, Damus Winston, the crab, crab leg thief, he <laughs> was the gentleman who threw, <laughs> he threw at least three picks, at least three picks in each of those seven games that they lost by oh one possession. Do gosh. you see Tom Brady? Do you see Tom Brady throwing three picks in a ball game that's lost by one possession? That is a heck think, of a stat. And yeah, I, I don't think, think Tom Brady could Tom do it if he Brady tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, honestly, I don't think that alone. Now the only, yeah, yeah. And now the only thing that um, bothers me a little bit about the New Orleans Saints is Drew Brees kind of started falling off at the end of the season last year. I don't know if he got fatigued, he got hot, he got tired, 
you know, maybe he had a strand of the coronavirus that we didn't know about. I have no idea. But something happened with Sean Drew Brees toward the end of the last season. Yeah, I mean, Sean Payton had the um, coronavirus, but something happened with Drew Brees where he slipped at the end of the season. And I, I can't tell you what it was, if it was, you know, Father Time catching up with him or what it was, but he did slide. Now, with the Atlanta Falcons, I don't trust Matty Ice at all. Once Matty Ice lost his Super Bowl, he is the same guy. It's like there is something missing. I don't know if it's a piece of confidence. I don't know if he's in his receivers. I don't know if he's missing confidence in the rest of his teammates. But there's something about Matty Ice that does not win the team over. I don't know what it is. It's just what I'm seeing. I'm not in the locker room, of course. But just from the eye test, there's some kind of leadership missing from Matty Ice that's unable to get his team you know, beyond the hump, especially after losing that Super Bowl to the New England Patriots that they lost where they were up by 28-3. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, so no love for Atlanta at all. Um, so do you, are you picking Tampa to win the division with Tom Brady there in uh, Florida? No state taxes? Well, I'm, I'm picking either. A, you know, if I'm allowed to pick, you know, two teams, it would be New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucks. If you're making me pick one mm-hmm. I mean, it's so difficult because, you know, I don't know if Drew Brees is going to slide again. You know, I don't know if Tom Brady is going to be able to jail with his new teammates this particular year. Um, You know, and then we don't know if Tom Brady is going to slide again. Max Kellerman on first take has been saying for the last three years that Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff based upon his age. You know, at some time and point during the end of last season, we had a Tom Brady's velocity on ball doesn't look the same. His placement on the ball doesn't look the same. Now, granted, we could blame that on the receivers that New England gave Tom Brady to throw the ball to, or we can blame it on Father Time catching up with Tom Brady. I do not know. So I'm going to be honest with you. If you made me take a choice, I'd just flip a coin. Tails Brady, heads, heads, uh, touch, and boom, the coin <laughs> says, so it would be New England, it would be the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is who hey. I have. This year. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've kind of ran That's through the NFC. It those- it's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. Um, I just hope the Panthers aren't three and thirteen when all of it's said and done. But um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stop it there. But you so know, I wouldn't be mad if the, if the Panthers were there. Is if the Panthers were three and thirteen, I would not be mad. And the only reason that I would say I would, I'm not a Panthers fan, but because you don't treat players like a Cam Newton the way they treated Cam Newton, in my opinion. Granted, I know it's football. I know it's a business. But still, Cam Newton is a heck of a player. Cam Newton has always given the Panthers 110%. So the least you can do is be 100% transparent with him and do exactly what you say you're going to do. You can't do like the president of the United States, say, hey, I'm going to keep you. Everything is beautiful and you think it's beautiful. And then all of a sudden you get a 180 30 days later. That's not right. Amen. And that's a that's a great endpoint right there. Cause uh yeah. <laughs> so hey, Rob Thunderberg <laughs> in the house giving us that real like he always does. Man, I appreciate you uh coming on today to do this. Uh Brandon Blakeney will be on uh a little bit later on in the week. Uh we're gonna try to pepper some rundown episodes uh, in this format where we can. We, uh, like I said, I was pretty adamant about that. I didn't want to just do shows just to do shows. I've been listening to sports talk radio uh, and no offense to anybody locally or anything of that nature, but I I, I didn't want to do like 
just being on just to be on because it starts to get repetitive to a point where it's like, okay, there are no sports. So, and our whole job is to report on sports and what's going on. And if there's no sports, we're in a unique position because we've done things in the past where we've had debates about topics that aren't time sensitive, like who's the greatest point guard of all time and things like that. We've done that. So people that are fans of the rundown, they can expect that kind of stuff from us. So it's not out the blue, but when you, when you have a, uh, a, a sports talk radio show or something on ESPN or FS1 or whatever, and that's not what you normally do, and you have to shift to that. I think fans start to get leery of it because it's not your, it's not your, it's not in your pocket. It's not what you normally do, and it comes off as being right. Oh well, they're just doing it because they're on from you know twelve to three or whatever it might be. With us, we were we were doing that. We've been doing that the past two years, so we've always peppered that kind of stuff in. Uh, I did want to announce that um, we are planning on doing something special in April, uh, the NFL Greatest Team Ever Bracket. Um, It's a month-long event. I I haven't decided if it's going to be 48 or 64 teams. I think we might do a full 64-team bracket and and do it that way. My plan is to invite uh, media uh, personalities from the area to participate in this. It's a voting process where we'll have we'll have three of us each region, and we'll basically go through the the matchups that we set. Um, when we get to around like the elite eight, I think it's going to be me and you and Brandon deciding from elite eight, final four, and then championship round on. But the round of sixty four and the round of thirty two, I think we can have some fun. Uh, invite some people on that are probably in media right now, sports media in particular, and are twiddling their thumbs trying to figure out what the hell to do. Um, that'll be coming in April from the rundown. So definitely uh, stick around and get that. Any last words you want to give out to the audience here before uh, I let you go here for the day, Rod? No, I just want everybody to pretty much, you know, stay optimistic about what's going on in society. Hopefully sports will get back pretty soon and, you know, continue to keep your family safe, keep yourself safe and just use common sense uh, as you move about uh, day to day and continue to be clean. Wash your hands. Do all that you need to do in order to stay safe. And uh, hopefully, you know, things will get back on track and we'll be have a normal society and be able to get back into the sports business as we have normal. All right. Well, uh, that's going to end right. this edition of the Rundown, NFL Free Agency Edition. Like I said, Brandon Blakeney will be on for part two of this one a little bit later on in the week. Hope everybody's staying clean. Keep those hands washed. Don't touch your face. Uh, stay home. I-, I know you can go out and it's pretty outside and everybody you think is outside the parks and stuff. Stay home. Stay home. Uh, don't get other people sick. Don't be a carrier. And uh, and really, this is some serious stuff going on right now. And uh, the best way for us to get through it together is just to you know stay home, follow the directions from local, state, and federal uh, authorities in terms of what to do to stay healthy. And uh, hopefully, we'll come out on the other side of this uh, a whole lot better uh, for the trouble. So, uh, from a man, Rob Funderburg, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching the rundown with Desmond Johnson. We'll be back later on in the week with uh, part two of the NFL free agency special. Very soon.